In this podcast, Mark Ryan from ADP talks about big data opportunities in HR world. So, stay tuned. So, welcome everyone to podcast today we have with us Mark Green and Mark is responsible for leading the research and development uh, of auto- automatic data processing ADP's analytics and big data initiative a brief bio in this capacity Mark um, drives the innovation and thought leadership in building ADP's client analytics platform ADP analytics provides its client not only the ability to read the pulse of its human capital but also provides the information on how they stack up within the, the, the industry along with the best courses of action in order to achieve its goal uh, through quantifiable insights. Uh, Mark was also an instrumental leader behind the small business market payroll platform run powered by ADP. Mark led um, a number of technology team responsible for delivering its critical acclaimed product focused on its innovative user experience for small business owners. Prior to joining ADP, Mark's uh, innovative spirit and fascinating uh, fascination with data was forged uh, at Bolt Media, um, a dot-com startup based in New York's uh, Silicon Alley. The company was an early predecessor uh, to today's social media outlets. As an early data scientist, Mark focused on the patterns and predictions of site usage through the harnessing of data uh, on its 10 million plus user profile. With that said, Mark, uh, welcome to the podcast. Thank you for having me, Vishal. Thank you. Awesome. So let's let's talk about your journey. Um, if you can walk us through, and and I think it was fascinating, and we'll definitely talk about your quantifiable insights. That's always music to the ear for a data scientist. So uh, walk us through your journey. Uh, How did I get here? Uh, well, um, yeah, I started with ADP perhaps uh, like fifteen years ago. Um, after coming in from a from a startup, I thought moving to ADP uh, was going to last about three weeks, and that was uh, fifteen <laughs> years ago. We're, we're uh, and the the big thing that attracted me obviously was the data, right? Data is um, ADP's middle name. Um, started as a DBA, uh, worked on Run, as you mentioned, um, small business platform, which basically um, was a was a huge disruptor uh, in the space. Um, and just taking a product perspective, but um, always uh, having data driving everything. I've kind of moved through ADP, um, various different product roles. Um, until ultimately, um, must have been about six years ago or so, um, speaking to some folks about needing to build analytics for our clients. Um, and that, that product, um, which is incorporated into ADP's human capital management software, is a data cloud. Uh, data cloud started with you know, your, your typical analytics, um, but we realized very, very quickly that um, we can tell our clients you know, over the you know, over 600,000 clients we have worldwide that, um, well, we have data for them and then we can also give it context. So it's not just showing what your overtime rate might be or your new hire retention rate is, you know, by department and whatnot, your typical analytics and intelligence around business, but also be able to provide context. Um, how is that compared to others in your peers? Um, so that started up, um, you know, a benchmark offering uh, to pull all of that data together which you can imagine is was quite the chore to pull all that data together, um, get data normalized, but also obviously aggregating it and anonymizing it so that we could um, have it in a big data platform so that we could start pulling insights out. Um, 
starting to understand what is, you know, what happened to your, your turnover um, when you're, um, say, underpaying in the market or your people are in a role for too long compared to others where there's a lot more movement based on the job type. So a lot of different things that we're building in with Data Cloud um, as it kind of perpetuates throughout, you know, the entire HDM suite. Um, to give our end users insights and then also you know provide some guidance and direction um, that machine learning and the AI can can offer based on this this uh, Trevor trove uh, treasure trove of of data that ADP has. Interesting. Uh, thank you for walking us through that. So explain your typical day to day role in 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 ADP uh, if if you can walk us through that. We'll resume after a short break. This part of the podcast is brought to you by First Friday Fair fastest AI-powered way to find your next opportunity. Check out the website firstfridayfair.tao.ai and find your next dream job. Let's get back to the podcast. Yeah, so, you know, even going back to your, your prior question, the data scientist role, um, it's a combination of things, right? There's the, um, your, your typical data scientist. What I've found is, a, is there are three, three things, right? There's the, you have to have your, your understanding of statistics, your deep math, you've got to have an engineering developer background, right? You have to be able to kind of pull data together um, and get it into shape. And then the third thing is you have to understand the domain. Um, that's the, one of the most overlooked and one of the most important things is that you have to have an appreciation and a want to learn more about what it is that you're solving for and what makes mm-hmm. sense and what are the factors that are levers that can be manipulated. Um, one thing I found is um, from a data science standpoint, um, you can build the coolest algorithm ever if it, if it doesn't have a purpose or if it's not going to be adopted it's, from a product perspective, you're, you're hunting in the wrong place. So from a day-to-day perspective, what do I do? Um, you know, I have a team of data scientists working on things, so a lot of it is um, you know, kind of overseeing the, the progression in the, of the development. There's a, a section of, there's always an exploration of, a, a section of exploration, um, discovery work, um, mucking around there. Um, a lot of the time I'm, I'm spending is speaking to clients um, and to partners around what's possible, um, explaining, like taking machine learning for humans, right? Mm. Humans about machine learning uh, and that machine learning is, is trying to learn about humans. So it's, there's a lot of talking and speaking to folks about how things are working and what's also possible to get some ideas um, from our clients and ultimately from our users as well. So Interesting. that's a typical, hopefully I gave you a, an idea of what. Yes, you know, I, I think that's, that's really helpful. So now let's walk, walk through what is data for a company like ADP? Like, what are some of the some of the use cases that you that you're trying to battle, and and if you can walk us walk us through that? Sure, sure. Um, it's um, well, first it's like that uh, coming up with the benchmarks or what is mm. the standard, right? Um, we do ADP has national employment report. Um, we have these benchmarks that are you know in the product. The biggest battle, you know, the first thing uh, that we deal with is getting that data normalized across mm-hmm. all of these clients because clients can call things whatever they want. They have job titles um, that they run with, but if we want to understand what they should pay, it's, it's getting that normalized data um, straightened out. So 
a lot there from a from a, a data perspective that uh, that that we're working towards. Um, once we get that into shape, it's the benchmarks, um, and then there's you know predictive models around, and it's providing direction. Of one of the big um, things that came out, we have a um, a tool around identifying employees who might be at risk of leaving the organization for HR. Um, that's the biggest, the most important thing to any HR professional is finding and keeping the best talent for the organization, right? So um, providing direction of who to go speak with. And it's not absolute. So that's the other, you know, talking point of, um, when I, you know, our end users have to understand it's not an absolute, right? Um, mm. It never will be. Like there's only so much that the data will hold. It's more for providing direction. Um, we phrase it that way, it's it's much more helpful. So providing direction, whether it's an individual or from a large organization, understanding um, the skills that might be at risk as they're starting to plan for the future about what they need. Like if there are locations of a lot of high-risk individuals, what are their jobs um, and what the impact would be on the business. We also have tools around pay equity. So identifying um, areas of people doing uh, equal work should be getting equal pay, right? Mm -hmm. So mm -hmm. helping organizations understand those trouble spots um, mm -hmm. is another use case that we have. We also have a lot of um, items around, um, you know, there's your typical forecasting of what overtime looks like, we, you know, exploring and, and where your hot spots are. But the, the big thing is, and this is where I think a lot of it is heading, is getting from normally we have our hr professional really getting to the people who manage and making and taking the action so people who manage groups um need to know how are they doing mm. right um where are their problems and how how they might be able to fix it so we've been pushing a lot down to the manager and for managers and getting data science out in front of them you know you and i might want to sit down and play with data all day and look and search and hunt is great um, they're busy probably managing their organization. So we're pushing um, a lot of these insights and headlines to them on their phones now. Um, so getting out in front of them. So there's a lot of data science around that, right? To find the problems across the board, where their problems are, and is there, you know, is there something there, and then understanding what's important to each and every user, right? What's relevant to them. So some might care about obviously turnover. Others might not care as much about you know, things like uh, span of control. So it's understanding what's important to them and then pushing the most relevant items out to those managers um, so that they see it and then have the data back up um, what it is or how they can go about addressing it, who they should speak to about it. We'll resume after a short break. This part of the podcast is brought to you by First Friday Fair, fastest AI-powered way to find your next opportunity. Check out the website firstfridayfair.tao.ai and find your next dream job. Let's get back to the podcast. Interesting. And and I was uh, reading in your in your bio that uh, uh, you'd help drive innovation and thought leadership for ADP's client. So how do you how do you drive innovation uh, or how do you drive thought leadership? If you can walk us through that. Yeah, that's that's a great question, man. That's that's the secret sauce, I think. <laughs> I'll give. I'll, I'll. You know, I like you, so I'm gonna. I'm gonna help out. You know, you listen. Um, it, it's interesting. It's um, 
first of all, there's, a, in my opinion, there's a balance, mm. right? Um, for all you, you know, startups out there, um, it's very important to understand it's business too, right? You got to get some, got to deliver some things. Um, but how to drive innovation? Um, the approach that we take, and if you want to get for any data science team out there, you're going to walk into a, a boardroom with the folks with the funding, and you're going to try to explain what it is that you're going to do. That's great, but you've got to show them something. Mm -hmm. So we've taken this approach with partners where we, we did something what we call the datathon. And what the datathon is, serves two purposes. One is bring the folks together. We kind of locked ourselves in a room for a couple of weeks. Smell was terrible, but it was, what came out of it was um, understanding that the data can do what the idea is, right? So you can, anyone can have an idea. If you don't have the data to do it, then you know, you're wasting time. And the second thing is, is we brought our designers in very early on, just to hear about the process. And they produced some early, very early visual prototypes, um, which is was helpful for a few reasons. One was obviously you wanna, you can show something, or you can go now, you have something to go speak to clients or users to get their feedback is one. But the second thing is it kind of helped to keep the data science teams on target, right? Because we all know data, you love data science because things will spiral mm. like crazy, right? Like, oh, what if we did this? What, what? And it'll go and then you end up with a whole lot of nothing, right? So um, having the designers say, hey, this is what we have to build towards. And then the data time we said, we got to have API that has a model behind it. And in two weeks, it's not gonna be perfect, but it's directionally accurate, right? Where we have some confidence that we, with more work on this can get it even tighter, but it's a great starting point. So when you walk in now, you want the, the bigger funding. Now you want, you have the product plan, you know, something to show, you have some client user feedback on, yeah, that would be helpful. At the same time, you also have the backing of, hey, here's the API that has, you know, the models that we put together with real data behind it, mm -hmm. give us a starting point. Now you're, you know, now you have, some muscle to kind of move forward on, on getting the project fully fleshed out. So that's you know what we do. We've seen a lot of great success with that. Um, and it's very important to get mm. that user feedback up front uh, on, yeah, you know what, if you can do that, that would be helpful. Interesting, interesting. I think one thing that, that I, I really like uh, was um, the part of um, generating thought leadership, right? So. I think we talked to a lot of leaders uh, who are struggling with that idea of uh, making their making their companies aware of what data could do, right? Because businesses are doing the way they have been doing their business, right? So now with this new new sort of age of thinking of how to approach business, and and these these sort of insight generators have a lot of lot of good and and innovative ideas to suggest, but they don't have what it takes to generate the thought leadership uh, to, to making making business aware that hey what are some of your some of your thoughts um, of how these folks could sort of create awareness or generate the thought leadership uh, to help either their clients or their leadership to buy in to their vision of being data driven 
I think um, another great question. I think um, first of all, it, it, it's I know this is going to sound crazy, but you got to build relationships with the people who don't have any idea what the heck you're talking about. Like they like mm. the concepts. Mm. Um, you've got to get out in front of people, and the important thing is you have to listen first. I know we get out there, we, we're driving our thoughts, but the most important thing that anyone can do is you have to listen first. And I'll give you an example. Um, I went to a conference, uh, it was actually American Payroll Association conference. And not, you know, you are certainly not your uh, uh, folks who are ready for automation and ready mm. for mm. AI to come in. So, and I went and I, you know, I intentionally went to a few sessions um, beforehand to listen and speak to folks and just not push, but just listen. And I learned right away that it was, you know, there is a, a reaction from people around, oh my gosh, the mm. robots are coming to take my job away. And that's mm. natural, right? So mm. by listening and then by, it realized, it changed the product direction for us to realize that we need to build an assistant it's not not something that we think that can do the human part of your job it can do the machine part of your job and just by listening and speaking to the folks it's so critical to learn and now when you get into now you have your ideas and you can speak to hey these folks you know from learning what you've learned um, as incorporated, melded into the strategy, um, helps going forward in, in pushing the um, thought leadership to other people who now, hey, you, you're speaking their language. You know, the data scientists go in to speak to business and, and end users. We always go in speaking our language. We're the data scientists, right? We, we know the data. We have to take the data and the learning. We have to speak their language. And the only way to know their language is to spend time with them and have conversations, build relationships, and listen. Like we need to do more listening. I think we go right to talking and um, and wowing people with our with our brilliance. But the the brilliance truly comes from the people who ultimately are going to use what it is that you're trying to solve for. We'll resume after a short break. This part of the podcast is brought to you by First Friday Fair, fastest AI powered way to find your next opportunity. Check out the website firstfridayfair.tao.ai and find your next dream job. Let's get back to the podcast. Interesting. Now I think that's that's a that's a very cool perspective by the way. I, I do appreciate you sharing that because um, listening and 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 sort of being I, I remember talking to one of the one of the Nike executives in data science space and and he was talking about that besides the model he actually go out and watching uh, looking in the playing field of how actually kids are playing with the shoe. I said, what the hell? And then then sort of he told me that you have to understand the human side of, of your data too at some point. And then at some point we sit in our cubicles, we have this perception. So we have to listen to what exactly this, this our model and these guys are predicting. So that's, I think, very, very, very good thought there for sure. Yeah, it's, uh, it's key. And I think it's, um... Yeah, I, I think that, that that's a big part of it. And also hearing stories, like, you know, finding the people who are using data um, and then, you know, the learnings from what how it's changed their organizations. 
are, are, are very important. Um, that's the other thing. And and in the field, like you said, like um, you know, the exec from from Nike, it's there's data, and then there's still the human elements of it, and how data assists or guides or gives some recommendations of where to go apply the human aspect of it is mm. key to. Um, it's not binary. I, I do think it's a combination um, of having data assist uh, the human end of, of, of what it is that we're trying to uh, to help out. Interesting. And, and, and I think, uh, so I'm very uh, a big fan of companies like ADP from one of the perspectives. So we know that uh, every aspect of business, like when you say marketing, when you say finance, when you say risk, they have been doing modeling and, and, and analytics and data driven for ages. But HR is one of the one of the laggard in that in, in, in that area. HR has been and, and in a way, like even when when we approach to, to one of the problem that uh, currently we are working on is creating an AI for career coach. So we talked to a lot of HR folks about what they have, how how things could work. And we realized they're very primitive, like they are very old school and you need uh, sort of some negotiator who come in the middle with it with the technology stack and helping these guys because right now we're talking like uh, from our vantage point we are seeing as you rightly said there's a disruption of um, workforce that's going to happen through automation or through ai or what and whatnot and these hr and sort of needs to be empowered and, and equipped to to handle those scenarios so how do you how do you see the role of something like adp in, in understanding this this new paradigm change of whether you say productivity or you say uh, disruption of work, worker or workplace, what's what's your thought on that as a data scientist or, or head of data scientist? Yeah, that's um, it's fascinating. Um, it's interesting. Over the past few years, I've seen a very dramatic shift um, in HR's readiness. And, and you're absolutely right. Um, and admittedly so, like you know, finance, marketing, um, very data-driven, HR, it, it's behind. Um, and behind, I mean, obviously, it's one of the more human fields, right? Mm -hmm. So um, that being said, that being said, you're, you're right. Uh, but I have, I have seen, I do a, I do a, a number of sessions. Um, we have our, our client user or user conference every year, and I always do a, you know, a session. And you know, the, at first, you know, people come in and they're like, a "Data scientist? Why are we putting a data scientist out there?" And hmm. um, and they're like, "But year over year, the adoption, the willingness, the interest grows and grows." HR tech is, you know, a big um, um, HR conference every year, and you can see it. It grows every single year that you know data is coming more and more in the space. Um, and it's something that, you know, even ADP has gone through an interesting uh, transformation as well, right? ADP has been around for 60 years, right? Um, have all this data, and ADP has been always primarily a data processor for payroll. And then, you know, got into, you know, HR and very much in a transactional, okay, we're gonna get, the, get those checks cut, right? Um, but then as we've kind of, we've, seeing the need for user experience. We've seen the need for um, kind of helping organizations understand better um, and, and putting products on the innovation end of it, um, super hot, right? And even ADP has changed, right? ADP mm. is, you know, moved, you know, Carlos, our CEO, 
has spoken about, you know, ADP in the past has been a service organization um, that, that has technology to, to support service. Now, like the big mandate has been, no, we're a technology company um, that has service to support the technology. Um, and that's where you know, the big direction has gone. And it's done very well for us because, you know, organizations are looking for an edge and assistance in the software mm-hmm. used uh, to help across their organization. So um, it's been an interesting uh, journey for sure. Um, I think HR is coming up to speed a lot more. They're, they're definitely more willing um, of um, wanting to understand data. You always hear like any organization say, oh, my, our data is a mess or I can't trust the data. It's dirty. Everyone has data problems, right? Um, mm. We're seeing a lot more willingness to kind of, and this is like I think the next big hurdle is um, the democratization of data. Um, mm. We see a lot of, um, across the industry, a lot of HR teams that have the data, they, they keep it they keep it for themselves. See, I, I can't give this to managers, I can't have execs, mm. I can't. There's a lot, of, um, a lot of worry about, oh my God, if I get this out and the data's not perfect, then what, you know what? Everyone knows data can be better, right? The more you expose it um, to management, to your managers, to your executives, um, and share that data, um, there's much greater success and trust, right? So if you as an, as an HR organization are seeing this like time and time again, I'm hearing more and more stories about the HR teams that are sharing data and numbers, Hmm. understanding and there's you know an organization-wide understanding of how how clean is that data but hmm. because HR departments have data and they can measure there's been a lot better um, adoption of policy changes that they've wanted to put into place because they now have the means to measure it right you can't it's hard to say oh let's let's take a policy you know let's change uh, the work at home policy or a pay increase or try to you know promote more um, more promotions and, and, and movement uh, or even you know go so far as let's add another element to the interview process to make sure that we're getting cultural fit and you know, there's one thing about walking into that room and saying I read this in an article we think it, it'll help hmm. versus hey we think this will help and we have these means to measure it so as this project and we and we implement this policy we'll be able to see are new hire, um, new hires staying longer because they have the data, right? And because they have that data, um, there's a lot greater trust to the HR team to make these dramatic organizational changes because there's data that they can measure, see, and then switch. Mm-hmm. If hey, you know what, this isn't working out as we planned. Let's let's tweak it. So. Um, it is really starting to get that seat at the table that the HR department always always wants, right? Um, and by having the data, it's giving them more right, I mm. think, and starting to see it, to be able to sit down and, and change the organization, not just change the HR function. Interesting, so. interesting, fascinating. So, and, and one more thing that I really like about your profile uh, was, I think I, I read two keywords, which, two words which are very music to my ears, product development, and uh, chief data scientist. So I think I I talked to a lot of um, leadership on data science space. Hey, you should look look at your practice as a product, so that you can because then you can sort of 
think of it as a capability that you can you can ship it out so can you walk us through um some of some of the challenges or some of some of the opportunities that that you see handling a product side of uh, this capability as well as the data science uh, or the thought leadership point of view yeah. um challenges of handling both product and data so it's um and data science i think it's um by having the product end of it has been um very good because it keeps us focused right on an end result um and that's important very important um one of the challenges is is you always so you have your roadmap and the um you know the partnerships and hey we need to roll this out there's there's a lot of work in obviously getting product rolled out. Um, and then, you know, figuring the strategy of where next is the benefits of your time. So there's a lot of, um, a lot of that back and forth that the product dictates. Um, you've got to always remember and have side time on the exploration piece, right? On the, I don't know, is there a relationship? Like go study something. And that's, um, you, if you just, so you still, my feeling is you always, if you have product, you have purpose um, with the data science stuff, which has been great, right? And direction and, you know, clear, hard deadlines. Like that's, look, if we didn't have deadlines, my crew, I mean, they're, they're mm -hmm. fantastic. It would spiral and go and, and dig in a hole. Hillary Mason does a, a great job in, in explaining what happens when you get enough data scientists that are interested in product. Right. It, you know, it'll spiral, right? And that, and that gets, so the product end is, is is great to kind of keep focused, which is great. Um, and then, you know, but but at the same time, you still got to always have a couple of uh, folks in your back pocket taking some time to go do the exploration and get something going and then get that innovation piece so that now when people are asking, well, what's next? Hey, this, you know, you, you, you're starting in on that research. So, there is a little bit of a, a balance, um, but I think having having the balance is important to keep um, both halves kind of focused and still at the same time moving forward. Interesting. And um, you also talked about um, you're working on this client analytics platform, right? So uh, one of the things that, that, that comes to my mind is what are some of the thinking that, it, that gets into designing something like a client-facing uh, analytics platform? Uh, if you can walk us through that, uh, what goes into figuring out what, um, how yeah, we go? So how, how, how do you end up designing it, and what what thoughts you have to uh, sort of pre bake or post bake to figure out it's delivering its value, and what are some of the KPIs there, if at all? Like whatever you can share about this mindset. Yeah, sure. I mean, it's it's you know it's um, it's finding your clients, you know, start working on things that because there are other clients that are innovators mm -hmm. also, right? Mm -hmm. They they're. Um, you know, just because they're in HR doesn't mean they don't have crazy, crazy ideas that they, mm. they think would be great. And even more importantly, they know more than I do about what they need, right? Because they're they're the user. So um, starting getting a hold of some clients and um, those conversations, just listening about, hey, would it be cool this? Would it be cool that my my HR business partner, she's you know, she's on a few of our patents, right? Because mm. A lot of it starts with with mm. the users, right? Starting in with, oh, wouldn't it be great if I could? Or I would love if it was able to. And that might be from a design standpoint. Um, you know, I'll ask crazy questions like, 
or I'll even start with like something um, controversial. You know, as a manager, I'll say, I hate this. You know, I, I hate our tools. I, I try to avoid doing performance planning every year. And I like will purposely skip it because it, the process stinks, right? I, and mm. I'll say it outright and then look for a reaction and then ask, well, who does it well and who doesn't do it well? And what makes them do it better? And how do you identify those people? And uh, let's go find those people who like it or let's find the other people who hate it. And then you get those people in a room and then you start saying, well, why do you hate it? Like, what, what can mm. we do to make it easier? So you start having those conversations and ultimately someone will say something that someone in that room says oh you know what we have enough data to figure out chances are what report it is that you're coming to run or oh you know you hate having to schedule things and, you know what we, probably we have enough data there that we've seen what everyone else schedules and we see what you schedule what time of year you see so you start those conversations on Okay, we think we might be able to solve for it. And then hmm. the next big thing is you get the data guys in a room and you say, hey, we're trying to solve for something that is going to predict turnover or um, figure out what report someone might want to look at. And then you just start having a, like a, the only thing you're allowed to blurt out is data points, whether you have it or not, right? I think um, I, you know, if I was trying to figure out what report to go look at or run, I'd want to know if there was wrong data in there. I'd want to know who else is running it and what their positions are, what their industries were. I want to know the size of the company. I want to know, is it the time of the year? Is it the, is it mm. three days before the payroll cycle? Like all of the things that you just churn out there and just start talking about data points that we think if we pull together and we had enough data to say, okay, which reports got read and by whom or got run, a very specific example and then you start you know getting all the data assets together and then there you go you start you start rolling and at the same time then you bring the the front end designers in to um say how would they want to consume this so I, I think it starts with ideas and conversations about problems that people have or things that they wish were easier and then get the folks together to say well what are data points that we think might help get some direction and then interesting Interesting, awesome. So uh, now let's talk about your your, your team uh, building skills. Like, if you can shed shed some light on uh, how do you look at uh, the recruitment of your data science team members? Like, what what are some of the things that has been working for you? What are some of the thoughts uh, or best practices that you could share for for other leaders uh, who are recruiting for data their data science teams? Yeah, data, data scientists. I, I get to ask this a lot. Um, hmm. You've got to. Um, there's different types of folks that we discussed earlier, right? But um, you have to have people who can, who aren't afraid to um, learn about the area, like I said. Mm. And by learning it, I mean having conversation. Um, I see a lot more these days um, young folks coming out of school, um, developers who are interested in data science, who like pick up and, and run, right? Um, a lot more of the machine learning, less of the traditional PhD statistic you know, research. Um, and maybe that's just because, you know, the kind of stuff that we're working on. Mm. Um, there are a lot of libraries out there, open mm. libraries that you can kind of pull in and start um, even, even services to even have pre-built models, right. To, to start working. So it's, it's, you know, it's a combination of 
the curious, right? Um, ability to hack some stuff together, you know, as a starting point. Um, but one more key points is, and I see this all the time, um, people who are afraid to be wrong are, it's not what you want. You want people to say, okay, this is what the data does. This is what the data doesn't do. Um, and the opening up of what else can we do to get it better. Um, see a lot of people say, oh, no, Miles great, Miles fine, mm. Miles perfect. Um, you gotta, you gotta be willing to kind of open the doors and, and, and it's, it's a little bravery, but you've gotta be able to say, hey, this is what it's doing. This is what it's not doing. This is, you know, you know let's talk and open, openly collaborate. Collaboration in the data science area is key. Um, and that, and that's, that's an important part of it. Like your standard developer um, can get some requirements and go put their headphones on and build. Um, data science space, it's got to be a lot of conversation, um, mm. a lot of ideas, sharing, and a lot of willingness to be wrong and admit to it and then pick it up and then go forward and make it better. So from an interview standpoint, I think communication and ask, Hey, what project did you work on that you were wrong the first time you did? Mm. Let's see how they react to that, right? If they, uh, no, I, I, you know, no, you've got to, people got to be upfront and say, hey, this can be better, um, or this is what it's not doing. Let's get it there. Interesting. And if um, some of the leaders from from established organization uh, are listening or watching this this podcast, and they are thinking of uh, creating a, a data science practice or center of excellence within their team. What are some of the, th some of the insights or some of the suggestions that you could provide them uh, to help them get started on this journey? That's a, that's a good question. I think one of the things that, um, that we went through that a lot of larger organizations, um, when I speak a lot about um, the particular larger organizations, when we talk about um, people have data silos. Um, larger organizations will have, mm. now we have product data, right? Mm. That's generally what I focus on, but mm. obviously the data around the servicing the client, data around selling to the clients, data around implementation for the client. I mean, all of that data is all signal, right? It's all, mm. all to be signal. Um, so one of the things that, you know, I, that we've done at ADP and continue to do so is, um, even though I'm on the product end is push the agenda and open up the data, right? Open up the, you know, obviously anonymized and aggregated, but mm. more data you source together and get a common understanding. And also the willingness to open, um, open the doors up across the organization. Um, and now you have pockets and people who are building things that, you know, someone builds a, you know, a, a client at risk, um, model or someone else, you know, builds a classifier that says, Hey, these are, um, these are organizations that are quote unquote successful with ADP, right. Or, um, you know, their stock price, whatever their revenue. Like, so you get many different people adding elements to this common kind of, um, basis of, of information. Um, you get wider adoption, right. And you get wider um breadth of people that know different challenges right that can ultimately be solved 
not necessarily just people just in finance. Like uh, if I had a client retention issue in say service, I would have to think information that we have on their use of the software, the background of the people who are using the software, like what is their tenure? What is their job role? What is their education? Um, how big is their team? What is, you know, like all that information can ultimately, in my opinion, flow into something downstream that would help service or help sales or help um, identifying, you know, other um, possible um, upsells of other products when mm. that organization is ready for it. So I guess so that's a long winded answer to your question of mm. um, how do you, uh, you know, any suggestions is out of the gate, mm. open stuff up, avoid building silos, um, get some key folks in um, and get them exposed and, and, and hooked into anyone who has um, any data uh, business use case and, and get them all tied together. Don't don't build mm. pub or little um, silos of folks. That's key. Interesting. And yeah. um, so about about your industry, um, so HR industry or HR tech industry. So if I am an maybe an entrepreneur uh, with some knowledge of data science, what are some of the opportunities that are available from your vantage point that I could I could sort of attack or address uh, mm. helping you out or helping the industry out if at all? I think um, if you're an entrepreneur in the HR space and you wanted to get going, what are some of the opportunities? I think um, I think one is, and this is something that we do with ADP is um, mm. find in, well, if you're an entrepreneur, you need data, first mm. of all, data science. That's mm. That's, um, that's, I think, the hardest part. That's something that we're very lucky for having all of this data. Um, mm-hmm. I, would, I would find organizations that um, are exposing uh, via API, like we, we have a API of the marketplace that mm-hmm. uh, you know, has a bevy of um, APIs that integrate in to the ADP back, backbone of you know, and building uh, various applications that can kind of add into your, your ADP experience for ADP clients, right? So mm. we, a lot of very cool things that come out of that, like everything from, hey, you have a new hire, just a, a, you're a click away from getting all the information to get business cards built out or uh, managing tips. So there's, there's a lot of opportunities when you can hook into organizations that have APIs that are exposing elements um, mm. that can now be used to kind of get, build out some insight, right? So. Mm. Um, I think that's important. So if you're an entrepreneur, you're in the data science space, and you want to get into HR, it's about, uh, I feel like finding the big boys, or not even big boys, anyone that has APIs to kind of put things together. I think it's mm, interesting. That's uh, a great right. thought, by the way. I think that's, uh, I do appreciate that. So uh, we're almost at the tail end of the conversation, and, and I, I want to focus the uh, last few questions on you. And thank you so much, Mark, for candidly helping us understand the industry and, and the data science perspective in it. So um, in your journey, um, and this is, I, I ask all, all of our guests is, what are like one, two, three core component that has really contributed to your success? So what are some of the ingredients that, that you, you think are really helpful in, in your journey so far? Wow, okay, three, <laughs> you, piece of my success. Um, Huh. I think um, one is um, 
one is uh, you, like I said before, you got to be able to speak to people and talk. I think that's been key for me. I've always um, I've always enjoyed speaking to people, remembering the people part to help guide on the data part. Is one. Two is you 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 especially in this space, you cannot have fear. Mm. You've got to um, you got to be a little fearless, and by that I mean um, you've got to try things out. You know, even if it will fail, if you you can't be fearful of, hey, I built this model or I designed this thing, and uh, it's not really working. But you're too stubborn a mule. You have too much fear to admit that it can be better. I mean, on your journey, you've got to just come in and say, um, ah, this isn't working. We're going to try something else. I remember we had a, a prototype and we we removed the technology. Um, that wasn't working for us. And I was um, sharing with the CIO at the time who, who and now I'm showing him the new thing. And he's like, wait, weren't, what happened to the old thing? Weren't you the guy that suggests the old thing? And I said, just outright, oh, yeah, yeah, that, yeah, that was me. I, and uh, we started building on it and it wasn't working out. So this thing's better. Mm. And um, he was very thankful. He stopped. He was like, he was very thankful to say, you know what? I appreciate that. I appreciate that versus being a, a stubborn mule say, nope, no, nope, I, I said this and this is where it's going to be. Like you've got to be able to take a step back, right? And and see when you have to change, change course. And that's appreciated. Uh, that's second. And third is just you, you know, not just inspiring, not just communicating, but listening and giving your folks the ability to, um, and the freedom to explore and come up with ideas. And that they should not have fear. Um, mm. They should feel comfortable with coming in with great ideas. And and the best thing to do is, um, as you're building your teams up, I think kind of driving that, hey, this is fun, and we want to keep exploring stuff is very important in, in keeping those minds kind of the, the, the piston firing, right? Um, mm. And people engaged and wanting to um, wanting to keep going. So I think that's. That's the, the third piece of advice. That Interesting. I would... Fascinating, by the way, Mark. And, and, and thank you so much for sharing that. And one thing I, I, I also want to know from our guest is um, their favorite read, um, any particular book or any, any sort of uh, thing that they, they have read that they want to suggest to the readers and listeners. Uh, it, and why, why is that your favorite read? Oh, well, analytics week, I, I think, number one. The book, the, your book, two. Yes. Um, I gotta be honest with you. I get, uh, any, there's no one, right? Because I just subscribe to things and I let the robot, like to say, I let the robots do the work, like push me the yeah. stuff that I know I'm going to want. Right. So I, mm. I'm not even sure I keep track of anything in particular, of, of course, except for analytics week, right? That, that, that's, right. A, that is, a <laughs> uh, but, um, you know, there are folks that, you know, we all you know, follow. I, I love, um, Hillary Mason, as I mentioned her before, mm. she's great. Um, gives a great perspective. Um, there are others, but right now I just, you know, I'm always a fan of, I know in this day and age, everyone's like protective of their data. I'm more like, yeah, I want, mm. I want more. I'm going to mm. click this. I'm going to want to make sure that you're capturing that I'm clicking this. And this is interesting. This article's nah, this one, yes, this one, no. And right. Now it's all kind of being served up to me appropriately, 
but also obviously with you know i have a mind of like okay that's a commercial that shouldn't be here um but then you you kind of have to you still have to do your own parsing right mm-hmm. uh, make sure the information getting pushed to you is it's targeted but it's also targeted right mm-hmm. so you gotta take a, a level of um understanding what's going on in the background before you uh before you you go after things that you know is, is, is shouldn't be there interesting interesting thank you so much uh for sharing that uh and last but not the least so i, I definitely want to um ask you if you have any any uh closing remark for our audience before we part ways that you want uh the aspiring leaders or or uh, folks who are who are trying to practice, create a practice within the organization and and startup folks do you have any, any word of wisdom for those guys um any words of wisdom for starting their data science practice um know your data is dirty and that's mm-hmm. okay don't uh, expect it to be exact work with the data that you do have um get something built and get it up and going so that you can start getting feedback the first version will not be your last version but if you don't have a first version you'll never ever get a last version right so you'll never get started until you get something up out there in the faces of your users or um going out and tackling your business problems get something up out there and be honest with what it is right hey this is as good as it is right now we we think mm. it's better this is here now to start learning right and learning by having the system be used have kind of get it more um more finely tuned but also learning in speaking to clients what more does this thing need to do um for you to get there uh, for for you to get there to, to use it as you need to you know as you as you would hope that they would want to use that's kind of my last word of advice interesting and and with that mark thank you so so much uh for for walking through this amazing journey and being very very generous with their time and walking us through understanding the hr landscape and and your sort of some of the thought leadership building practices really really helpful for our audience you're always welcome on the podcast uh to share your journey love to have you back whenever you ha- you're in boston love to uh, meet with you sure. over a, over a beer or coffee or something uh thank you so much oh thank you for having me michelle thank you very much